All right. Welcome, ACS community. I am so happy to have with me here today um, Dr. Ken Carson. Um, He's joining me. My name is Susanna Greer. I'm the Director of Clinical Cancer Research at ACS. And um, Dr. Carson is a practicing hematologist. He's a medical oncologist and currently serves as the Senior Medical Director at Flatiron Health. Um, Dr. Carson also has a joint appointment as an assistant professor in the Department of um, Medicine um, in the Oncology Division at WashU. So, Ken, thank you so much for joining us. Glad to be here. Fantastic. Well, I think it, it kind of helps just to level set in these conversations to hear about what you did. Um, you've moved on, of course, but what you did when you were funded by the ACS, what your research was all about. I know you had a mentored research um, grant from about 2013 to 2016, and I think we'd all love to hear a little bit about um, about your science. Sure. Um, it, it was a tremendous opportunity uh, for me to uh, do this project, and having the research funding from ACS was a critical component of uh, my ability to do that. But to give you a short version of what I did, um, okay. I was uh, uh, practicing in a specialty area of lymphoma, so I treat patients primarily with lymphoma, and I still do that. Mm-hmm. And some uh, questions had come up from my practice as to uh, whether there were differences in how patients responded and how patients were treated um, based on their race. Uh, were there what we call racial disparities in right. outcomes uh, among patients uh, who have a common form of lymphoma called diffuse large B cell lymphoma? So. Uh, when I got to Wash U, one of the first things that I had done there was wanted to find the biggest data set that I could get my hands on. And Wash U has an affiliation with the Department of Veterans Affairs Hospital in uh, St. Louis. So I went over to the St. Louis VA and figured out how to access national data sets for veteran patients who were treated throughout the country. So there's 150-plus hospitals in the Veterans Affairs Healthcare System, and I was able to access data uh, over a 10-year period from all the patients who had this type of lymphoma. That, that's how I was able to answer questions uh, looking for uh, race-based differences in treatments and outcomes. And uh, my study actually had a very interesting finding. It was presented at the American Society of Hematology meeting where we found that uh, black patients were less likely to get a a targeted therapy known as rituxan or rituximab uh, to treat their lymphoma. And the great thing about having this a big, rich data resource was I was able to go in and figure out why that was. And it really boiled down to uh, differences in the other conditions that uh, black patients had uh, such that uh, they actually weren't supposed to receive the rituximab uh, because uh, there was a higher uh, prevalence of of, uh, HIV. And at the time, uh, patients with HIV uh, guidelines said you shouldn't use rituximab. Long story short, we were able to find some interesting things 
and it gave me experience doing research with uh, what people today call big data, looking at right. thousands of patients and trends across thousands of patients. Um, it sounds like your MRSG and, and the research that you developed under that really it sounds like it helped you maybe to transition to what you're doing now at Flatiron. Um, could you maybe shed some light on that? Was that it's, I think one of the things when Joe and I, before we got on the line with you, we were really interested in how you actually transitioned to this job. I, I want to hear more about what you do there, but could you tell us more about that kind of in-between space? And I think that would be helpful to some of our current um, you know, clinician scientists. Yeah. Um, so, Doing the research was uh, was directly applicable to the sort of building the skill set to do the type of work that I'm doing now. So here, uh, I'm an oncologist. I understand uh, the clinical side of medicine and, and how cancer patients should be treated. But then I had also developed this analytic skill set, tools in statistics and epidemiology. I actually used... Uh, this project, this ACS-funded project, to complete a dissertation and get a PhD in public health uh, uh, while I was a, a funded scholar. So I developed the skill set of doing the big data analysis that then is directly related to what I'm doing at Flatiron Health. Flatiron is a uh, research company that pools data from cancer patients who are treated uh, throughout the country. It's all de-identified. Uh, so we receive a de-identified data feed of patient experiences, and we do what we call data curation, which in essence means cleaning the data so that uh, it can be analyzed in a systematic fashion. And we pool this data from practices throughout the United States so that then we can start answering uh, critical, critical uh, research questions uh, from that data. And the ultimate objective is having every patient's experience help inform the next patient's experience. We have all this data that's locked away in electronic health records, and this is a way for that data to uh, be used for good to start answering questions and help with uh, cancer research. That's amazing. It's also, it's just, I'm sure it's gratifying not only to you, um, but also for patients, just kind of in general, to know that their experiences um, and treatment plan could, could be impactful not only to them, but also to the, to the next person down the line. Absolutely. It's about um, allowing those uh, patients in a way to contribute to uh, posterity and, and future, uh, the treatment of future patients. So it seems like you have a, a lot going on. <laughs> you said you are still a practicing oncologist. Did I understand that correctly? That's correct. I still see patients one day a week uh, at the St. Louis VA. Um, I, I still uh, owe a lot to the VA, and I, I love that patient population. So one day a week I see patients uh, at the St. Louis VA. And then four days a week I'm working for Flatiron. And uh, people ask me, well, what do you do? And I say, well, I do a lot of things, but that's not answering the question. Um, I think the most critical thing that I'm doing is taking that knowledge of 
clinical medicine, taking the mm -hmm. knowledge of big data analysis and helping uh, individuals and sometimes companies that are trying to ask clinical questions, helping shape those questions so that we can use this tremendous data resource to provide insights uh, uh, and answer the questions that are being asked. You know, how well are patients doing after they fail uh, certain treatments? Or uh, what are the toxicities that, pa that patients are experiencing with certain treatments? So taking my knowledge of those two worlds and applying it so that uh, we can answer questions that are going to help patients. You know, it seems like um, it seems like what your experiences at the VA uh, really ground you and making sure that the work that you do at Flatiron is innovative and going to be impactful. Um, I mean, I can hear that in your voice. Are there other parts of kind of having a toe still in academia, like collaborations or contacts, that um, kind of support your your role at Flatiron? Um, certainly, um, there there's a benefit to to having those contacts still, and part of um, where that comes in is it, uh, academics are a tremendous resource uh, at times when I I need uh, help in understanding a complex problem, and I mm -hmm. can break down that problem for a colleague and get advice on how we can best approach it. And whether that's uh, a question that's in genomics, I've been known to have coffee, for example, with genomics experts at the university just to uh, talk through uh, concepts and problems, or with uh, seasoned and uh, renowned epidemiologists to better understand an approach to a, a question that may be difficult to answer. But uh, sort of drawing off of that brain trust to, uh, again, get to better answers and faster answers uh, with the objective of always of helping patients. You know, I've always been so impressed with people like you who are balancing careers um, as clinician scientists, you know, still seeing patients actively engaged in research. Um, I guess I'm wondering if you could look back on Ken six years ago when you were just beginning maybe the ACS fellowship, is there anything you would have done differently or maybe is there any advice you would share the, with um, others who are in similar situations? You know, as you know, ACS is uh, really supportive of clinician scientists. We have a new funding mechanism that um, is designed specifically to support those folks. I'm just wondering, could you, you've been successful. Could you share some insights with um, grantees? Yeah, as I look back, I, I think one of the pieces of advice I would have would be uh, you don't have to follow the traditional academic mold. And what I mean by that is uh, what is the traditional academic model? You, as an individual, you specialize in a very narrow area and you build up expertise only in that narrow area and you enroll patients in trials, et cetera, et cetera, in that area, and that becomes your, uh, your academic life. Um, right. My pathway has been a bit different. It's much more diverse. I am involved in questions across a litany of tumor types today uh, because 
because I have expertise in uh, the analytics and uh, I'm still an oncologist, but I'm not sure I'm making sense here, but uh, you don't have to follow that academic mold of uh, knowing a lot about a very narrow band of things. You can learn and uh, contribute across a much wider band. Uh, you don't have to follow the traditional model. No, I, don't I think know if that, that makes absolutely sense. makes sense. No, absolutely. Um, when I think uh, about you know the trend towards interdisciplinary research, um, that really what you said really speaks to me, kind of in that space. That um, the old model, as you said, of knowing a tremendous amount about one thing may not necessarily be um, the best route to do the best science all the time and the best research. So, no, I think that makes perfect sense. It seems to me that in the place where you are when you're thinking about big data and big science and patient impact, you probably have a lot of things kind of planned for the next year and the next five years and the next 10 years. I think it'd be interesting to know kind of what are you the most excited about um, as you look forward to maybe just 2019? Yeah, um, in the coming year, I think the things that will be very exciting will be um, as we expand, like within Flatiron, as, as uh, we expand our understanding or our, our coverage, if you will, of patients who have genomic testing, which is becoming much more uh, common uh, in routine mm -hmm. clinical care, uh, having the ability to really start exploring uh, questions with clinical and genomic uh, linked data. Another area that um, I think will be uh, fascinating will be as, as we better understand how to uh, capture adverse events and uh, treatment toxicities uh, with big data, we'll be able to uh, explore that further uh, with the ultimate goal of working towards uh, improving not just uh, response and progression-free survival and overall survival, but also improving uh, patient quality of life during treatment. That sounds incredible. Um, oh, so exciting. And I just hope you know how excited the ACS family is of, about what you're doing. And we're really looking forward to hearing some more great things. So thank you for sharing some time with us today. We appreciate it. Glad to be here. Thanks, guys. Be well.